Good morning. So as Tyler said, um, I've been part of North Bay Christ the King for 18 years. Um, I was raised in Linden, um, went to church in Linden when I was a kid, but I was not a Christian. Um, it was probably 1993 uh, when I came to know the Lord, and unfortunately it was through tragedy. Um, there was a car accident on the Hannigan um, that took three of my friends' lives, um, drinking and driving. Um, and it really just shaped, um, at that point, I was like, wow. Um, and it was just, when you're 21 years old and you've lost three of your friends, it's kind of an eye-opening experience, and, and you don't know where to turn or where to go. So after one of the last funerals, they had a get-together, and they were um, sharing about the Lord and, and gave an altar call to people. And I was getting up to leave because uh, I had no desire. And the guy sitting next to me, and he goes, sit down, shut up and listen, or I'm going to take you outside and give you a whooping. <laughs> I was like, well, that's kind of an evangelical tool itself, I guess. <laughs> so I sat there, and um, they gave a message about a personal relationship with Jesus, and I had never really heard that before. Before it was, you know, you go to church, you sit down, you stand when the little footnote was there to stand, um, but it was nothing personal. And so it was that day that I decided that I needed to give my life to the Lord and just see what he had for me, because um, I heard of his goodness and his grace, and so it was on that day that I decided to give my life to the Lord. So I started to go to church and do all those things, and there was just this fire kind of burning within me, like, man, there's, there's got to be more than just partying like I was. And, and so a youth pastor decided, he reached out to me, and he goes, hey, we got a mission trip to Mexico. How would you like to go? And he goes, I think you'd be, you'd be good for you. And so I decided to, to venture along, and we went down to Tijuana. We built houses there for um, the homeless, and it was a great experience. We spent some time in Los Angeles worshiping and getting to go God and just digging into the Bible. And this is my first time that I ever saw, like, God alive, like, wow, this is just incredible, like... We're actually doing his work um, instead of just sitting and listening and, you know, not doing much with it. So I was like, okay. And then the scripture uh, in Matthew 5, 14 says, another way to put it, you are here to be a light. Uh, bring out God's colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as a public, a city on a hill. And I was like, oh, now we need to share this. This is good stuff. So I, was, I, I decided, um, I came home from that Mexico trip and I got involved with youth group and then the next year we went down to Mexico to do another trip and I did not leave. I decided to stay down there. And so I stayed in Mexico for three years um, in Tijuana, which if any of you have been there, it's not quite paradise like other places. Um, and so I really enjoyed it and it got this fire building in me and, and then one day this guy comes up to me and he says, hey, I got this project, um, how would you like to go to Senegal? And I'm like, Senegal? I said, well, where's that? And he goes, well, it's kind of East Africa, and, or West Africa, and how would you like to go? And I'm like, oh, that'd, that'd be fun. I said, well, how much is it? And he told, well, it's about $3,000. And I'm like, hmm. well, you know I don't make money here, so um, <laughs> if God provides, then I will go. And so I prayed and prayed, and, and sure enough, the money I you know, called some people, and the money started coming in, and I had all the money to go. So I was all excited and, and uh, got my, my passport and everything ready to go, and then he calls me up, and he goes, man, bad news. 
he says, there's a coup broke out over there, and uh, we can't go. And he goes, but if you'd like to go to what I thought was Maui, um, <laughs> he says, how, how would you like to go to Maui? And I'm like, sweet, I can do Jesus in Maui. Well, it ended up being a little country called Malawi in Southeast Africa. It's, uh, so when I went, I decided, yeah, I'll go. Well, little did I know that he bought the cheapest tickets to get there, which uh, makes it a lot longer plane ride. I think the longest plane ride I had been on was about six hours before that. Well, I had 42 hours of traveling, and I think I was in like, uh, I don't even know, five or six different countries before I got to Malawi. So as I land in Malawi, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be good. I'm at the airport, and I'm waiting for this guy to pick me up. And all I knew is his name was Paul, and he was going to pick me up at the airport. So I have all my bags, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking around, and there's no Paul there. There's nobody holding the sign with Dwayne on it. And I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? And then pretty soon this guy comes up, and he goes, hey, boss, uh, the airport's closing. And he goes, so we got to kick you out. And I'm like, hmm, well, nobody's here to pick me up. He goes, oh, well, where are you going? I'm like, well, I don't know. I said, I'm here to help build a hospital, and the guy's name's Paul. Oh, I know where that's at. I'll take you. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, what do I got to lose? I'm either going to die or I'll get there, one of the two. <laughs> so as I ventured out, I, they actually brought me right to where I was going. And it was a real, it was, I pulled up, and, and uh, when I was told I was going on this trip, I was going to build a, help build a clinic in a village in Malawi. Well, it ended up being a 70-room hospital on a Bible campus, um, which I found out was really a blessing for me. Um, so as I was there, I, I was able to help build um, this hospital and just be the kind of the hands and feet of, of Jesus and just doing work. <laughs> and the funny thing was, is when you go there, unfortunately, they treat white people like they're superior, um, which I, I did not like that. And they would always call me boss, and they'd always, you know, everything was, was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was just, I was very uncomfortable. I did not like that. So one day as they were sitting there having lunch, they were eating this, what they call in Goombi, which is, I would say, like termites, um, is what I would, and so they're, they fry them up in oil, and they're a little salty, but they eat them. That's one of their foods. And so I always thought, well, you know, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. So I walked up there, and I grabbed a handful, and I ate them. And everybody in that hospital was dead quiet, and I chewed them up. I'm like, oh, those are good. And within minutes, everybody in that hospital was just like, well, okay, he's part of us now. <laughs> and, and it was great. It was a great experience because I just humbled myself. I'm like, I'm not above them, and I'm here in Africa to learn the culture and to help them and to bring love, and, and that's what I did. And I was fortunate um, while I was there, this was in 1998, that I met a beautiful woman. And I think if you could put that picture up there, um, the one on the far right, that is my wife. I met her there in 1998, and those are my children. This was from taken last year in Malawi. Um, we went last year. Um, so we've been married 22 years. Um, and it's our heart for Malawi, really, besides my wife being from there, came from when she was in Bible college there, someone paid her tuition, and she had no idea who paid for her tuition to go to Bible college. 
And so we thought, you know, this is a good way to help. Um, and, and our heart was to really help out. And, and so we started an organization called Footprints of Hope quite a few years ago. And we were um, outreaching out and we were doing small things. We would pay for students to um, have food after school. Because over there, school, first of all, is not free. You have to pay for it. Second of all, food is a minimum. Malawi, it's about 20 million people and it's the size of Western Washington. And so it's, it's packed full of people. And it's the second or third poorest country in the world. Um, and right now, um, food is a shortage. I don't know if any of you followed the news last March, but there was a cyclone that went through, Cyclone Freddy, and it displaced about 500,000 people. Um, and when you look at that, people will be like, well, you know, I'll hear, well, FEMA will help them out. Well, there's no FEMA in Malawi. Um, it's basically very, very poor. I mean, yeah, there's big cities, and but they don't have the equipment and stuff that we do. It's family, and family helps out family. And so when this devastation came, um, we felt called to help out. And so we were able to gather some money, and, and we, we raised some funds to help get just your basic um, soap, um, you know, laundry soap, bar soap, toothpaste, and stuff like that. So we were able to help out in that way. But our main calling over there has been education because we believe that education is the way out of poverty. And we don't think it's handouts. We don't want to just give people stuff. And so the Lord just really put it on our heart that, hey, you know, what can you guys do? So we were able to start a program. We, we changed it over to Hands of Hope became all nonprofit here in the United States because it was easier for tax purposes and all that government garbage. Um, so we've been, we've been able to take this vision of ours that the Lord gave us, and, and Dan from North Bay um, and another man, Matt Sutherland, he's on our board. And we also have people over there who help us. Now, when we had this vision, our vision was really small. We'd help a few kids get to school, and, and now it's been growing and growing because of the faithfulness of the Lord and, and faithfulness of our sponsors and our donors. Um, but God really put this fire in us. And I thought to myself one day, if I can get so excited about the Seahawks, why can't I get so excited about God? Like, something's backwards, right? Like, you know, and, and so we decided, yep, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start expanding. And we're going to take a step out in faith. So this last month, we were able to hand out our first microloans. Um, a microloan, we have a, a group over there of Christian pastors, business leaders, bankers, who help mentor widows who are looking to start a business so they can provide for themselves. So we were able to give um, loans, um, not large loans that are a thousand dollar loans and so they will manage we have mentors over there who will help them manage their business and grow their business and pay this loan back so this two loans of a thousand dollars each well now once they are paid back someone else will get that loan and so our goal is to keep expanding that so we can have these widows be able to take care of their children in malawi there is a whole lost generation the aids pandemic wiped out a whole generation. And it continues, malaria, other things, that will take out generations. So you'll have a 70 or 80 year old woman with 15 kids in her house. They're her grandkids that she's taking care of because mom and dad have died. And so 
Our goal is, as the Bible clearly says, to take care of the widows and the orphans. Our goal is to train them so they can help and the children will learn and we can set an example. And so we've started that program, which is really great. Here's one of our students that he, he oh, he was fun while we were over there. We had quite the experience. So we went this last August, uh, no, excuse me, last July we went. We spent uh, three weeks over there. As we, we got over there, we realized that things have changed quite a bit. Um, it's a lot busier and crazier and, and prices are outrageous. Um, we complain here, but gas is $7.50 a gallon when we were there. Um, a box of, of cornflakes is around $11 uh, if you want to eat our style of food. And so people were really angry um, at the food prices. And, and when you're making, so an average construction worker makes 50 cents a day. And so if you can imagine, how do you get from place to place? And a lot of it is walking. You'll walk down the streets or drive down the streets and there's people everywhere and they're walking to and from work. And they'll leave home at like three in the morning to get to work by seven to make 50 cents and then turn around and walk back home. And so it's very, it's very poor, but what you will not see is people complaining. They're happy, they're joyous. And so I've realized that it's not the material things that make us happy, it's what's inside, and that's the Lord, and, and able to share that. Now, Malawi was a very strong Christian um, country. The numbers have come down a little bit. They're at about 60 to 70% Christian. Uh, the Muslims have come in, and the Muslims have a way of doing evangelism that they give free food, they give this, they give that. And so people are like, oh, well, okay, if you're gonna give me dinner, I'm gonna become a Muslim. And, but we don't want that. You know, we want to be able to share the love of Jesus and, and show that Christians take as much care of their people as, as the Muslims do. And so as we were there, um, we had an unfortunate incident. We were heading down um, from one part of the country to another part. And we're driving and, and we're in a rental car. And we're driving and my wife says, uh, that doesn't look good. And there were rocks across the road, big boulders. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And she goes, yeah, they're gonna rob us. I'm like, well, well that's not good. <laughs> and she goes, well, you're gonna have to go to the side. And I'm like, honey, there's like 50 people over there. And she goes, it's us or them. And she goes, they will kill us. And you're like, oh, okay. So I stood on the gas and I went through the crowd and uh, I hit a couple, not hard, but they went off to the side. I was probably doing about 30 when I went through that crowd. Um, and they were throwing rocks and stuff at us. Well, we got through that one, and, and you can imagine, I have my three children in the car, and everybody's a little freaked out. So we continued driving. We did a couple miles down the road, and there is um, burning tires in the road. And I'm like, hmm, this is not good. And she goes, oh, no, not again, not again. And we're just praying, like, Lord, get us through this. Well, I decided I've watched enough Dukes of Hazard, I can go through the burning tires. <laughs> And so I just stepped on it. We went through the burning tires. They went flying everywhere. And, and at first it was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, sweet, this is awesome. And then we get to the next couple of miles and I was like, oh no, this is not good. And there was probably a couple hundred people standing on the side of the road with big boulders. Um, they had axes, sticks, big rocks. And there's no way to stop. And we're just praying, we're like, God, get us out of here. What are we gonna do? And my wife goes, you gotta go through the people. 
And I'm like, uh, and she goes, we don't have a choice. And so I just stepped on it and I went right to the shoulder and I started going through this crowd of people and they were banging our car, kicking our car. And there was a gentleman that had a rock, probably bigger than a basketball. And he threw it right at our windshield. My wife was just praying. She goes, Jesus, keep us safe. And that rock hit our windshield, rolled off and went to the side. And it left a little chip in the glass. And that was it. And we are just praising the Lord. But we get up a little bit further, um, and there was probably about a thousand people um, at that next stop. And we're like, oh, we're not going through that. And so we were just praying, like, Lord, give us direction. How are we going to get there? And so we pulled into this uh, rest house. We got inside. They, there's a big gate. They opened the gate for us, and we were able to get in. And so we were, we were sitting there, and you know, we're all nervous and shook up. And my wife gets on her phone, and she's speaking in Chichewa, which is their language, and she's all talking. And, and my son and I, we're thinking we're smart. We're going to go watch what's happening. And so we look, peer over the gate, and all of a sudden we see tear gas flying. And this tear gas is flying, and, and we didn't quite make it back to the rooms. So our eyes are all burning. And, and we get back to the room. My wife's like, hey, get ready to go. And I'm like, what? Did you not see what's happening? And she goes, no, somebody's going to come and get us. The military's coming. They're going to come get us out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, ended up that someone that she went to Bible college with, who happened to be in her contact, she called, and he says, oh, I'll send a crew to come down and get you. So within about 20 minutes, um, we were able to get out of that area and get to where we were going. And it was all God. God worked just, it was crazy how he worked that. So as we got there, we were able to go visit um, the areas that we were in. And now we had a choice at that moment. We could become victims or we could become victors. And we were not going to hold the actions of a few thousand people against the whole country because that's ridiculous. And so we went out and we were able to hand out, we raised um, enough money last year to feed 200 families corn and stuff like that. And we did that. We were able to just bless them. And the amazing thing is, as you go there with this attitude of like, oh, I'm going to help them. But you are the one that gets the big lesson. Because I leave there and I see how grateful people are for a bag, a $25 bag of corn, right? And so you just sit there and you're like, okay, Lord, what's wrong with me? And how we've become so materialistic in our thinkings that this is going to make us happy or that's going to make us happy. But when all reality, it's the love of Jesus that makes us happy and, and the sharing and the knowing that we can help other people get in the kingdom. Our job is not to save people. Our job is to plant the seed. God does the saving. And so we don't know what that's like. We don't know what that is going to be. What tool is God going to use for us to plant that seed? So when we started this organization, we were like, okay, our goal is to bring people to the kingdom. Our goal isn't just to get them educated and out of poverty. So what we've done is, and what we're doing now, is a school drive where we will, you can either um, bring school supplies here to the church and then we will gather them up and ship them over there which we have a company in Canada that we work with. It's a Christian company that helps ship stuff over there. Um, so we load it all up with other things from businesses that have been donated, and we ship it there. It takes about three and a half months to get there. 
which will be perfect because that's when their school schooling starts again. Um, they go pretty much year-round. They get about five-week breaks, and then they go back again. And so we're looking to have you guys join us in providing school supplies. Now, you can go to our website, which is handsofhopemalawi.com, and what we have there is there's a donate button, and there's a school supply list. And whether you can provide everything on that list or you can provide just a small portion of that list, that is great. And you can even go on Amazon and just ship it right to our house, and then we ship it over there. And the great thing is, is when you go there, I don't know if there's any teachers here, um, but inside a normal classroom in Malawi, there's between 90 and 120 students. Um, there's no desks for the most part. They sit on the floor, they share pencils, they share paper. Um, the chalkboards are, like you can't even read them anymore. They're in such bad shape over there. But they wanna learn. Part of that is, is they have to pay for that education. It's not free. And so we have set up where we, we pay for kids to come to go there. We have one of the pictures, there was a, a young lady with my wife and I. We have been able to support her all the way through now. She's graduated from college. She helps out at the church on the weekends and, and she is now doing the same thing we are. She's helping other people. And in fact, we were so touched when we went to this church this last August, we had shipped over um, a company up in Linden called Rico Branding, um, donated about $10,000 worth of clothes. Um, and so they, they, we shipped it over there. And I was asking the pastor while we were there, I said, hey, you know what, those clothes and, and how did you guys distribute that? And, and he goes, well, you know, we had so much clothes that our youth brought it to an even poorer village. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, they, they gathered a few items for them. And he goes, most of them only took a couple shirts. And he goes, then we took the rest out to a different village. And then that church took some out to a different village. And so the love of Jesus, just from our part, is continuing over there, and they're sharing what they have. And for them to share, it's really hard. Like, in the Bible, it talks about the woman who gave the two copper coins. That's really what it's about. They have nothing. But their joy in giving is so great. And really, that's what life is about as a Christian. Our job is not to keep what God put inside of us. It's to share it. And there's no reason why we can't share here in Blaine and overseas. I've been to many countries. I've been to Haiti, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, Zambia, South Africa, Haiti, all of Mexico. And I found one thing all in similar. The Christians have such joy and they have nothing. And that's something that I want to find. I want that happiness, that joy that doesn't come from items. I remember the first time I handed out a tennis ball to a young man in Mexico to play with. And when we got done playing, he cleaned it off. And then I told him, I said, no, that's for you to keep. He was so excited. I thought to myself as I was driving back to the base, I'm like, what would happen if I handed a tennis ball to a kid in America and said, Merry Christmas? Probably get it thrown back at me and want to know where the Xbox is. And so I was like, okay, there's something about this. And so as our organization, we want to expand that joy and that love through small, tangible things, through monetary gifts. You know, college over there, we just paid for a young lady to go for our elementary school, or secondary school, so high school. 
Um, we just paid her tuition, and it was $265 for her to go for the whole year. But for them, when you're making 50 cents a day, that's a huge, huge thing. And we don't want them falling out of the, into the cycle of poverty. Our goal is to build up the church over there so they can help continue and just spread all of this stuff. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you labor in the Lord. Is, the labor that you do in the Lord is not in vain. Whatever we do for the Lord is not going to come back empty. And it's, like I said earlier, our job is not to save. That God, God saves. I can't judge people. I can't get them into the kingdom of heaven. But what I can do is help plant that seed. And that seed could be a pack of pencils. It could be a pack of paper whatever it is. So we would ask that you would just prayerfully consider supporting us. We don't want, you know, our goal is, is we never use children as a picture, you know, like on some of the TV commercials where they say, oh, give this money, look at the bloated stomach. We don't do that. We don't exploit the children. We don't exploit the poor. We want to help them and get them in a better place. So I just want to take some time and pray, ask you guys for, if you guys feel like the Lord's moving you to support you can do so through our website, or there'll be a box in the back next week um, that you can bring school supplies. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father God, for your love for us. And Lord, what you've called us to do. Lord, your vision is so much greater than our vision. And so, Lord, we pray that as we seek you daily, Lord, that, that you would plant that seed in us, Lord, what you want us to do, Father God. We know, Father God, that Missions look so much different, Father God, and, and for everyone. Lord, it could be us working with the homeless, it could be work, working in the schools, and it could be global. But Lord, we just ask, Father God, that you would give us clarity in where you want us to do your work, Father God. Because Lord, this is not about us. This is about you and your kingdom. And Lord, we just thank you for these opportunities. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given us so that we too can give. Lord, thank you. We just ask that you would bless Blaine CTK, Lord. We ask for, for just an abundance, an overflow of abundance for their new building, Father God. And we ask, Lord, that that would be the lighthouse, Lord, that would attract people to you. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.